The technology likely to have the greatest impact on the next few decades has arrived. You can start building completely new concepts for payments that we've never thought of. Move the need for a financial intermediary to transact value. Bitcoin and the blockchain have an amazing future. This is going to transform society. Hello guys and welcome to another Crypto Authority podcast. Today I'm your host Thomas and with us we have Fargood from CoinMine. CoinMine is a company specializing in creating mining equipment for the home user. Welcome Fargood. Hey, thanks for having me. We're so happy to have you. I've been super excited to get you on the show for a couple of months now. But before we get into the CoinMine, let's start with you. How did you get in the crypto space? When did it all start? Yeah, great question. So, you know, like a lot of people, I started getting into crypto by buying some Bitcoin, buying some Ethereum. At, at this point, it's probably, you know, five years ago, five, six years ago. Uh, then started, uh, you know, I've been building computers since I was a kid. Uh, so decided to get into the, you know, hardware side of crypto. Uh, which, you know, a few years ago was really just uh, restricted to basically mining, right? Uh, so got an ASIC for Bitcoin, um, bought some, you know, GPU-based rigs. But uh, like I said, you know, I've been building computers since uh, I was a kid. And uh, my co-founder, Justin, and I were roommates in, in San Francisco. Uh, Justin's a great uh, designer. He did um, uh, Pebble Watch 2, which was, I think, the second biggest Kickstarter ever. He did Pebble Core. Uh, and so we decided to just build a mining rig uh, together uh, just because, you know, theoretically it's it's cheaper because, uh, you know, you could go and buy one on Etsy or eBay for, you know, $3,000 or $5,000. Uh, and we decided to just make our own. Uh, and since, like I said, I've, I've been building computers, I figured it would be pretty straightforward. Uh, but in the end, you know, I basically holed myself up in the house for five days and uh, didn't leave except to go to... Fry's computer to get different parts uh, to eventually get this thing up and running. I don't know how many hours I spent doing it, um, but it was pretty exciting to get the thing up and running and start mining Ethereum. Uh, and I think we were using Ubuntu for our operating system. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, I think uh, we. Okay, let me just stop you right there and sure. let's backtrack a slightly back. Yeah. So you built computers as a kid. First of all, wow. Uh, I always wanted to build a computer, never got around to it. Wouldn't even know what to, where to start at the moment. <laughs> uh, but you could do it. How did you actually get into? <laughs> Everyone keeps telling me that, but and and I do some gaming, so a good computer for gaming. Yeah. This is embarrassing. I use a Mac for gaming. I play Dota. Yeah. Like it's just a no no. People are <laughs> okay. Go ahead. People laugh. Whatever. Don't be embarrassed. Um, but yeah. <laughs> when did you first? find out about bitcoin i'm assuming you first found out about bitcoin what year was it how did you come across it probably 2012 or 2013 is my guess but that's okay I, you know, and I, how how did it happen uh you know living in san francisco i think it's uh, probably difficult to not at some point have come across bitcoin i'd probably come across it earlier and just don't remember to be honest you know but living in san francisco you obviously get pretty uh early access to that that type of uh information uh all right so you did you found out about bitcoin what interested you about it you know at first i i i was more interested in it as a you know potential investment right uh a, a way that you could make some money by because there was volatility in the price 
I didn't immediately. That's how we all started. Right. We all wanted that money. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, of course, uh, with some skin in the game, you start learning more about it. And, you know, today, by far, the most interesting things to me are, are the uh, sort of l larger implications of Bitcoin and crypto and also the you know potential for it to be a positive investment. Nice. So then you and your mate, you said you got together and you decided we'll create our own mining rig. You did that. You spent five days locked up in a room. How did that then transfer into CoinMine? Yeah, uh, gr great question. So uh, one day, I think we were grabbing some uh, good old conveyor belt sushi uh, in San Francisco. Uh, and, and Justin had the idea originally to, you know, a as he put it, uh, you know, what if Apple made a crypto device? You know, we're, we're both uh, crazy Apple fanboys. Uh, so immediately my reaction was i'm not sure if it's possible i'm not sure what it would it would look like uh but i couldn't get the idea out of my head and a couple of weeks later it clicked for me uh when i realized that you could control the device with an app uh, so i've been building apps for a long time um when i realized that you could just have a smaller device that's sort of the size of an you know xbox uh, as opposed to the size of, you know, like a large desktop computer or something. Uh, and then that you wouldn't need to get a monitor and a keyboard and a mouse, uh, but you could just control the device remotely with an app. That's when it clicked for me and I realized, okay, you could make that sort of Apple type of ex experience where it sort of feels magical, it's super easy to use, it's fun to use, uh, and, and it wasn't, you know, didn't require another desk and a monitor and all, all those things. I'm so happy you said that because whenever I look at a device now, uh, especially for hardware wallets, both the design and the applications that go with it, mm -hmm. I'm always comparing it to Apple's, although I'm a Samsung phone user, I'm always comparing it to the clean, smooth design of Apple's, both the design of the devices, but the way the software uh, works because of the fact that it, Apple is a 21st century company that knows how to create a product for its customers. And when I tested out the coin mine, I could feel that like it was something that a user can use. It's user friendly, it's simple, it's clean. Thank Unlike you. some other devices we tested, we were like, did was this created by the people that made Windows XP or something? Nah, like you guys have got it spot on. So well done for that, congratulations. Thank you. But I do have some questions about the, the, the device and the software, but we'll get into that a bit later. Sure. I'm not an expert in mining. Most of our listeners aren't. How does mining work? Let's, if you want to take Ethereum, for example, because that's the one you guys have, or Bitcoin, which is the most popular. Can you explain that to us? Sure. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a, a really high level way to think about it. All of crypto requires computation. Uh, that, that seems pretty straightforward, right? These are all computer networks. They're all uh, on the internet. So all of crypto, whether it's Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, something that hasn't launched yet, like Definity, uh, the Lightning Network, which isn't mining, but still requires computation. Uh, all of crypto requires computation. Uh, and when crypto started, the only type of computation there was, was called, is called proof of work. That's what Bitcoin uses. So uh, proof of work is a type of computation. Um, Ethereum and other uh, protocols are exploring and some of them already using another type of computation, uh, proof of stake. 
Um, and, and then if you look at networks like Bitcoin Lightning Network, uh, it's doing routing. Uh, if you look at Bitcoin nodes, the type of computation they do are validating. Um, uh, Bitcoin Lightning nodes will also um, do, uh, will be watchtowers. So there's actually all sorts of different types of computation that go on in crypto. Uh, the mining type where you're sort of uh, looking for blocks and doing the sort of classic Bitcoin or Ethereum or Grin. Grin is a coin that launched earlier this year. It also uses proof of work. Uh, that's the kind where you're trying to solve that mathematical puzzle. Uh, and the first, you know, the first party to solve it uh, wins the wins the block and gets the Bitcoin or gets the Ethereum. Uh, another way I sort of look at it, it, it's a pretty straightforward relationship. Uh, you provide computation to a network like Bitcoin or Ethereum, and the network pays you in that network's token. Um, so you provide computation to Bitcoin, you get you earn Bitcoin for your computation. You provide computation to Ethereum, you earn Ethereum for your contribution. I don't know if that was what you were asking, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. you've made a really nice, simple explanation um, for those that don't understand. But this word gets thrown around a lot. Hash rate. Right. Bitcoin's hash rate. My mining rig's hash rate. Right. What is, what is hash rate? Uh, hash rate is talking about the, the difficulty of quote-unquote mining. So uh, again, to try and kind of put it in some simpler terms that aren't super technical. Uh, if a lot of people are uh, providing computation, right? Um, that means it, it, it gets more difficult to solve the block um, because Bitcoin is trying to sort of, you know, Bitcoin in particular, uh, is trying to have this regular pacing of blocks about 10 minutes every block. So. To make sure that happens, it actually adjusts the difficulty of the calculation. It, it, it adjusts the difficulty of this little mathematical riddle that you have to solve to win it to keep that pace regular. And so the hash rate is just a number that's used to talk about how much computation is on the network right now. So hash rate can go up, hash rate can go down. Uh, it's kind of talking about how many people are doing Bitcoin computing right now. So your device's hash rate and then relative to the overall network hash rate is kind of like a way for you to get a sense of how much of the pie you can get. Uh, the more of a percentage of the hash rate you have, uh, the, more of the, the more likely you are to sort of win the prize, right? Uh, and then people talk about something called a 51% attack. Uh, so if you have more than 50% of the hash rate under your control, you can essentially determine what each block is and you could, quote unquote, attack the network. Uh, there are reasons. I mean, and that happens all the time on small networks. Uh, it doesn't happen with Bitcoin uh, any, anymore um, because Bitcoin is just way too large to attack. Um, but uh, and yeah, basically you'd be destroying your own profits. Probably. I mean, it would cost you millions and millions of dollars just to try to attack it. Um, and so if you were unsuccessful, you would have lost those millions of dollars um, instead of made millions of dollars by honestly applying your computation to Bitcoin and earning a reward for it. You would have wasted millions of dollars by trying to attack it. Absolutely. Now, if I'm understanding this correctly and to put it into perspective, if the um, you, you say Bitcoin tries to keep 
the, um, each block 10 minutes apart from each other. So if that's reduced to, let's say, 9 minutes, in order to increase it back to 10, the difficulty of getting to the next block would increase, correct? Yeah, that, that's, that's a pretty uh, simplified way of putting it, you know. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying to keep it simple. Yeah, that's, that, that's the basics. And for my own that's understanding, right. as I said, I'm not an expert. <laughs> no, no, you're, so you're, you're thinking if, about it correctly. Right. So if that happens, that would increase the hash rate though, right? Because you need more hash, a higher hash rate to actually mine the next block if the difficulty is increased. Correct. Like uh, the whole network's hash rate. Well, I mean, it, it's a it, it's a relationship, right? As the because it it starts getting into the in incentive structure of Bitcoin. Uh, as as the difficulty goes up, for some people in some situations, it may go up too much for them, and they don't want to. Uh, maybe their devices are no longer. Uh, maybe they have some old ASICs, uh, and those ASICs are starting to get uncompetitive. At those at those difficulty rates, so it, it it all sort of you know there's this like free market balance that's played out. There's also a bit of a you know computational arms race in in any crypto that is that is popular that people want to get a lot of, uh, you know. So uh, in in Bitcoin, obviously, as the best example, you just see this en endless computation race to make a more powerful computer, which in the end is actually just about um, electricity. It's about trying to do more computing with the same amount of electricity. All right, let's get back to the coin mine because I, sure. I think we, you've confused me and our audience enough. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. I'm only messing with you. Um, when you mine using the coin mine, you're not doing so alone. You're doing it in a pool, mining pool, correct? Yeah, that's right. Uh, right now, the coin mine participates in, in pool-based mining, and, and the way that works is again, since you're sort of competing with other people uh, to win the prize. Uh, if you can uh, pool up your computing, you have a better chance of winning it. Right. One of my questions is, why have you guys not actually mentioned on your website that it's pool mining? You don't act, I've actually checked and it's nowhere written. Why did you make that decision? Because for I'm going on the average Joe basis that doesn't actually know anything about mining. He thinks it's super cool. He's like, coin mine does everything for me. It's really simple. Why, why is that not mentioned? Because of what you just said, probably. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure there was a specific decision to, to, to keep uh, mention to, to not mention pools. Um, but in general, nobody knows what this stuff is. Nobody knows what mining is. Nobody knows what proof of work is. Uh, that's why I, I tend to, you know, people in crypto obviously know about it. Um, but if crypto only gets as big as people who are already in crypto, that's not really the point, I don't think. Uh, and, sure, and, absolutely. And so... I don't like, do you care that, you know, your computer is doing uh, this type of computation or that type of computation? Your computer is doing some type of computation. So that's why when I generally talk about it, I just speak about it in these general terms. You know, here's a network. It needs computing to run. You provide computing to it and it pays you back in that network's token. That's about all you really need to know as a person, I think. I see your your point of view, but the way I think, the way I see it is, I'm I'm someone in crypto. I have a podcast. I have a blog. I'm I'm one of those people trying to get it out there that to people that don't know what crypto is to get engaged and have this mass adoption. And I'm one of the first users that's gonna get one of these coin mines because someone that doesn't know anything about crypto is not just gonna go on your website and say, "Oh, coin mine, I'll just get one." You want someone. You want people in the crypto space to first buy one and then spread the news and hopefully in 10 years time, everybody's on crypto and fiat no longer exists. 
That's the dream. <laughs> but <laughs> never going to happen, I know. Uh, but uh, let, let me keep dreaming. Um, so my point is, from, from my perspective, I would want to know that it's not just that it is pool mining, but the size of the pool so that I can be like, okay, I'm getting this device. It's plug and play. We'll go into that in a bit later. Um, but my the mining pool is big enough. I'm getting that profitability that I want because as compared to using another mining pool that I get to choose from. That, that's why I'm, I'm wondering why you guys haven't actually told people, oh, this is the mining pool that we're actually using and hey, you are in a pretty okay big mining pool that you are gaining a profit from. Yeah, that, that, that's good. I mean, there's a bunch of things that we don't talk about in terms of how things go on in the back end. And a lot of times that has to do with things like security, uh, for example. Uh, so there's just some things that we that that we don't share. Um, and, and, you know, for most of our customers, they're not crypto people. Um, and I don't think they want to spend the time to understand the nuances of of pools and uh even things like 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 hash rates for for example uh obviously we put our hash rate information on the website uh and uh, share links to calculators and, and and things like that and encourage everybody to do their own research and make their own decisions um but not everybody wants to become a crypto expert and understand all the the, the nuances so for us it's a question of do we spend our resources uh, you know, explaining that or our resources explaining something else. Uh, now, that said, the, the fact that we use a pool is hardly a secret, as I'm obviously talking about about it here. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, even with a basic amount of research, one can tell that you can't actually mine Ethereum, Grin, Monero, or any of these on your own. Like, it just wouldn't be profitable. I'd never get any on uh, the coin mine or any, any device I got out there, right? It just wouldn't work. Yeah, basically, that's that, that's the case. Pool. You need to be in a, a in a mining pool. I mean, there are uh, there are probably some very you know r rando cryptocurrencies out there that are that are small enough that uh, you may not you could run your own run your own node, but um, but I'd never make any profit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those are things that are like you know highly volatile could disappear tomorrow. I read two articles that. Um that you wrote about return on investment cool oh thanks and uh, you, you use some really complex formulas there i'm not i'm not going to go into them because i don't 100 understand them and i don't i'm pretty sure our audience most of them won't but how does one know if by using the coin mine they do have a return on investment is that based on their electricity consumption or is that based on just okay long-term mining as compared to uh, buying instantaneously, or I remember you mentioning buying on a daily basis. Right. Um, so I, I think there's a the the way I look at it is is this, especially with, with a coin mine, for example. Um, first, don't don't do things in crypto where you are extending yourself financially in an irresponsible way. Crypto itself, crypto itself is very early. There's volatility. It's highly speculative. Uh, if you want to be involved in the speculation, great. Um, you know, things like CoinMine make it very easy for you to participate in that. Uh, so the way I look at it, and this isn't financial advice, but this is m my own approach to it, uh, is in general, I look at crypto as a, as a low time preference activity, which means I'm, I'm thinking in terms of, you know, one, two, three years or, or more, uh, not in terms of days, not in terms of weeks, and not in terms of, of months. 
I, I think that's when you tend to, unless you're a professional trader, for example, uh, that's how you end up getting wrecked is if you're trying to play the one, you know, one day, one week, one month game. Uh, I, I think the, the reality of it is uh, if you've at any point in Bitcoin's entire history, if you held it for three years, you always made money. Uh, so I like that philosophy and I generally apply that to all of crypto. So whether it's buying or mining or staking or, or anything, you know, or running a, a lightning node, which the coin mine, you know, um, will do. Uh, so uh, in, in those cases, you know, again, I, I think of it in terms of, of, of years. Uh, I'll, I'll take Grin as an example. Um, and, you know, one of the things that the coin mine does for the average person is give them access to uh, new and exciting protocols, uh, sometimes before they're even on exchanges. Uh, so Grin was available on the coin mine on the day that it launched on the mainnet. Uh, we, we were lucky enough to spend. Oh, wow. no. Yeah. Nicely done. Thank you. We were lucky enough to spend our Christmas vacation working with uh, Grin developers to get Grin working on AMD GPUs. Um, and I think the first Grin block mined on an AMD GPU was on a coin mine, uh, which was a, a, you know sort of cool cool for us because we're big Grin fans. Um, you made Grin history. <laughs> uh, Grin, Grin will probably make us history more, more likely. Uh, Grin, Grin is great. So, um, you know, and it was available the day it launched. Uh, we're, we're planning on doing the same thing with Handshake that's coming up here uh, very soon. Uh, and so for most people, you know, Grin, if you want to go buy Grin right now, tr try it out if you want. It'll probably, you know, take you who knows how long to find the uh, most exchanges don't have it. You can't get it on Coinbase. Uh, so you got to go find some, you know, esoteric exchange out there, uh, do KYC with some, you know, company in who knows what country, uh, tr transfer, transfer a bunch of your Bitcoin to this exchange. Uh, the, the average person's not going to do this. Uh, and, and, no. but the average person can plug in a coin mine, you know, and, and right now, uh, cause last week, um, we shipped an update, you know, the coin mine works like a test. Yeah, you got Sorry. You got to 80% more profitability. Of yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so almost 40% of everyone on CoinMine is mining Grin right now. Um, so, you know, again, that's not something, and, and most people that have CoinMines are just average people. So we have average people out and around in America and the rest of the world powering the, the, the Grin network, a crypto protocol that's six months old. People are powering it in their living room. <laughs> It's pretty cool in my in my worldview. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't feel like I'm the average person. I feel special. <laughs> <laughs> if, as soon as you have a coin mine and you're mining grin, you immediately become special. It's true. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, but why did you guys decide on these coins? Like, you've got Monero, you've got Grin, you've got Ethereum, you've got Zcash, um, and you have a Bitcoin option, which we'll get to that in a sec. But why did you decide on Grin? As you said, it's a very unknown crypto at the moment it's not supported by many why the decision yeah so we, we evaluate each uh, crypto you know b based on a, a, a few things um you know m maybe the simplest way to put it is uh how how much like bitcoin <laughs> is it uh you know you could almost okay you can almost grade a, a crypto on how how close to bitcoin is it uh and i think grin may be possibly the closest besides bitcoin uh, so Grin had no pre, you know, Grin comes from a, uh, pseudo anonymous founder, 
somebody named Igno Poverol, which is a Harry Potter character name. Um, okay. So, we've left the, the Japanese Chinese Satoshis and now we've yep. to Harry Potter. Okay. Yep. So we have a pseudonymous founder. Uh, there was no pre-mine. There was no, uh, you know, initial coin offering. Uh, there's no founders rewards. Uh, so it's sort of, you know, uh, what they call, you know, immaculate conception. Uh, everyone who has Grin started mining Grin on the ex at the exact same moment in time. Uh, it's monetary policy I like as well because it's it's set and it's known. So there will be one Grin created every second forever. Uh, okay. You know, so you know what I gotta check into Grin. I, I don't know. I've, I've only heard about it from you guys. I didn't know it existed before that. Um, but I have a feeling I know who the founders were. Oh, really? Would you be behind it? <laughs> Do you want to make an announcement? Oh my god, that would be the I, I, announcement to make. I wish I could say I was behind Grin. I need to re I need to release this podcast soon, not um, before someone else announces news, you know? themselves as, as, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. as big yeah, in a couple months, just like with uh, Eric. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was cool. I yeah. I Igno did want a coin mine, uh, but also mentioned that uh, you know they don't have an address to send it to, so they couldn't order one. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Maybe they're producing them. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's. Are you up for a little mathematical? Um, like um, mathematical, what's it called? Mathematical problem solving? Uh, sure. I'm not sure how good a job okay. I'll do at it, but I can try. We might have to edit <laughs> so this I'm, out. I'm... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um, so what? It says on your website 180 watts, but I think that's recently changed to 160. Uh, right. we, we... Yeah, and, and it does change a little bit per cryptocurrency, and we do continue to uh, try to improve it over time. Yeah, with software updates. That's right. Nice. Um, so, am I? Is that one hundred and sixty? Am I timesing that by twenty-four to find out how much I use in the twenty-four-hour period? Yeah. So, you know, if you're trying to calculate uh, electricity costs, I think the easiest way to yeah. do it is to, you know, just find a uh, an elect electricity cost calculator online. There's, there's tons of them, uh, and usually, okay. usually the only numbers you need to put in are, you know, the wattage. So you're right, say one one sixty for example. Uh, you'll put the number of hours that the device is going to be used, uh, and then you put in your your local uh, kilowatt hour, uh, you know, dollars per kilowatt hour rate um, for your electricity, and then it'll spit out a cost. Yeah, the reason I'm asking is because this device is for worldwide use, but electricity varies. For example, I think yeah. in London we have really expensive electricity. Like I'm paying just under sixteen pence of the pound. As in, as, as in comparison to like six pence in the U.S., you guys have cheaper electricity, right, over there? Uh, yeah, it, but it also highly varies in the U.S. as well. I think the average U.S. electricity is around, you know, 10 or 12 cents um, per kilowatt hour. In some places, it's as low as four to six, seven cents. And in some places, it's north of 20 cents. Because I was calculating my own, I think I found it to be like 20, I'm going to put this in the review, but basically it was like 27 cents of the dollar more expensive for me to mine for 24 hours only, this was on Ethereum, uh, using the coin mine, than I was actually producing. But I'm getting, that's why I was asking about return on investment, because I'm assuming this changes based on the price of Ethereum, if Ethereum's price goes up, 
yeah. why mining would suddenly be more profitable, right? That, that's exactly correct. So, you know, if you think Ethereum is going to zero, I don't know why you'd power it. If you think Ethereum is, you know, going to be the, you know, great and worth 1500 again or 3000 then I would see why you might want to rack up some Ethereum right now. Um, because also, you know, this is a, um, when the prices are low, you can mine more. And when the prices go up, the difficulty goes up. So it's it's sort of that that's why one of those articles that we sent you um, that you that you read around, you know, calculating the uh, ROI. Um, that's why it keeps going back to like this low time preference, longer term thing. So you catch these dips and these waves uh, where you earn more and then you hold on to it. Uh, so, you know, I think of the coin mine as plug and play accumulation. Uh, or plug-and-play speculation as well. So uh, I'll give you an example. When, when Handshake launches, um, at the very beginning of a network is when you can sort of mine the most of it with the least amount of computation. So uh, I'm going to switch to Handshake the day it comes out. It's available on my coin mine. And at least for... Uh, we don't know yet. Handshake hasn't um, announced the exact mainnet launch okay. yet. Uh, but we're working to have it available on your coin mine, uh, hopefully on the on the day of launch. Um, I'm going to switch my coin mine, and, and at least for a couple of weeks, I'm going to try and rack up as much handshake as I can. Um, so handshake is not probably going to be worth its most in the first two weeks of its launch, right? Uh, if I'm bullish on handshake, I'm thinking maybe in a year, two years, it's going to have a ton of value, right? So. In that case, in that case, the coin mine is a perfect, I think, type of plug and play speculation, right? I want to speculate on Handshake a little bit. Um, it's not available on exchanges. I already have a coin mine. I switch to Handshake. I accumulate a bunch of co uh, Handshake for a couple of weeks, and then maybe I switch back to Grin or I switch back to Bitcoin. Yeah. So these are these are the two different ways that sort of plug and play speculation and, and plug and play accumulation. See, I find that quite interesting because I think the coin mines, it does this perfectly for two reasons from one in one respect you could be mining ethereum and saying okay i'm going to mine ethereum when mining it is profitable for my electricity so based on its price and then when that's not the case i'll just buy ethereum on those days based on fluctuations on price so you could you could go with that approach of 50 50 not 50 50 but you, you you you're gonna know what i mean like go on that basis like mine ethereum when it's profitable to mine it based on my electricity consumption and buy it when it's not in the same amount that i would be if i was mining right and those days that i'm not mining ethereum i could be mining grin or handshake yep. and the reason it's great to do that is because you guys have chosen uh, to support these cryptocurrencies that are not popular they're not on exchanges and i don't have the access to buy them and it's profitable to mine them and gain my profit there which then leads on to uh, one of the things you guys decided to do to convert everything to Bitcoin. Do you want to? Am I getting this right? Yeah. I, like, so so I, I think finan uh, you know, financially speaking, buying crypto and mining crypto are hedges against each other. So what you're saying is is, is correct. They're, they're they're hedging each other by doing both. Um, and then the other thing I would just keep in mind is. Again, everybody should look at it the way they want to. For me, I, I really never think about daily profitability because the only you, you only set your quote unquote profit when you sell it. So when you it, it it's not a it's not reality that you know your electricity is this 
uh, and the Ethereum that you mined today is worth this. And so now I can decide if I'm profitable today. That's only the case if you sold your, the Ethereum you made today at the end of today. Now, for me, I'm never going to do that. I don't think that's how I think I end up getting wrecked is by you know, trying to sell the Ethereum I made one day at the end of the day or at the end of the week or even at the end of the month. So what you want to say is your profitability is based on when you sell the Ethereum and the price of Ethereum when you sell it. Uh, and if you're holding on it because you think it's going to be worth a lot more later, that's how you should do the math. That's how I do the math. Everyone should you know, decide for themselves. I agree with that, but I look at it from a slightly different perspective. Let's say you mine one Ethereum today uh -huh. and it's worth X amount yep. um, and it's cost me Y. If I could, with that Y, have bought 1.2 Ethereum, then whether I sell it today or in a year's time, that 1.2 Ethereum is going to be worth more than that one Ethereum. Yes, that's correct. Did you get, did you get where I'm going? Totally That's correct. why yeah. I don't look at it from when I'm going to sell it. I look at it from the perspective of what's it costing me today based on today's price. If I can buy using that cost more Ethereum and make a bigger profit in the future whenever I decide to sell it. Yeah, you're looking it, at the opportunity That's why I go cost. with the basis of... Sorry? You're looking at the opportunity cost, which is, which is, which is, a, yeah, which is exactly. a smart way to look at it as well. Um, and then, you know, it just kind of comes down to individual uh, investment styles, right? Because ultimately everything is, you know, are you sitting there comparing it to having purchased Apple on that day and sold it later that day? So, you know, for some people, you know, they don't, each person has a different level of, you know, analysis of various opportunity costs that they want to do for each of the different places they're putting their resources. But you're, what you're saying is correct. Yeah, I think the way you're looking at it also makes sense. Nice. On the, and on the, uh, I should be hired a coin. <laughs> uh, the, uh, and then you were asking about Bitcoin mode, right? Yes, that was my next question. So, Bitcoin mode. Right now, when I'm using the device, the app, I'm choosing which one to mine. And then it says um, I can only extract it if there's 0 0.2 Ethereum or 0 0.2 Grint, which is fine, acceptable. How do I... How does the Bitcoin conversion work? Is that something I choose or is it automatic? How does it work? Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, the way Bitcoin mode works is we algorithmically in the background will mine whatever converts to Bitcoin at the best rate, convert it to Bitcoin automatically and give you the Bitcoin. So, for example, your device could be actually mining Ethereum. Um, and then it's con okay. then it's converting that Ethereum to Bitcoin and giving you Bitcoin instead of Ethereum. Nice. So you're again. This is what I love about coin mining. You take the trouble out of the user. Yeah. You guys pick the best one, and then just convert it straight to Bitcoin, which is really what everyone wants. Like, as much as I say I love this crypto, I love that crypto. End of the day, <laughs> I mean, it's a good reason to have a, a few coin mines on your hand, you know, so you can get some rack up some grin, rack up some co Bitcoin. Uh, yeah, feel free to send me a couple more. Oh yeah, I mean, that's, there's there, there's not a lot of extras lying around. They they're pretty uh they're pretty pretty well ordered, thankfully. Nice. Uh, so one of my questions is, and this is not from us. This has come from Ooh. one of our listeners uh, slash uh, people we collaborate with. Where do you sell the most units uh, in terms of platform and country? Yep. And what are their mar what are the marketing and budget plans? Good, 
good question. Very specific question. Uh, so we sell most. I'm sure you can guess who sent this one. <laughs> Was it you? The, uh, no. <laughs> the, uh, so uh, mostly in the United States right now. U UK is up there in terms of international. And then, you know, m more, more marketing, more distribution. So, you know. So what is your marketing plan, if you don't mind me asking? It's it's a it's a little bit of everything, uh, uh, obviously. But the things that work best for us are are, are really our our, our social uh, PR. Those are, those are the two things that, okay. that that move the needle the most for so, us. So basically, talking to crypto authorities, what's getting you? That's right. Sales. That's right. Okay. When's our commission coming? It's keeping us. <laughs> it's keeping us afloat. <laughs> nah, I'm just messing with you. Um. So. Who um so your app is nice it's clean Thank it feels you. like it's made in the 21st century how did you achieve this because uh, many companies try but many fail I can tell you that much you know uh, it's a team effort uh, great you know uh, great designers uh, great great uh, software engineers uh, luckily this is something I, I've been doing for years even more luckily uh, on, on my last app I was able to work pretty closely with the uh, design evangelists uh, at Apple. Uh, who ended up, you know, helping us on the app quite a bit. Uh, they ended up naming it one of the 40 iconic apps of all time, which was super cool. So I've been lucky enough to spend time with people who are great at that stuff. There, there's one thing for Boot can't do. He can build his own computers. He can mine crypto. He can build apps, but he needs help with the design. I need help with everything. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing with you. So um, one of the big problems with mining that people complain about and it's like a non-stop debate we actually had a debate between uh two big people in the space dan held and um forgetting the other person's name a, a, a person who's uh, against bitcoin basically the debate that. was yeah we love him too um about the environmental burden of mining uh, and specifically Bitcoin, uh, oh, it's not using too much renewable energy, it's wasting energy. And What do you have to say about this? Uh, personally, I, I think crypto and Bitcoin accelerate the adoption of renewable energy because they improve the economics of running a renewable energy business. Do you want to expand on that? Sure, yeah. So most, uh, you know, uh, it, it, take solar, for example. Uh, most most solar installations are generating excess uh, electricity and energy during the day. Uh, now, in most cases, you know, obviously Elon uh, is working on this and having success here. Uh, but in most cases, that electricity is not being stored. Uh, so it's essentially just wasted. Uh, now, if you had uh, mining operations or staking operations on at those solar facilities, uh, that we're turning that excess energy that's being wasted during the day uh, into revenue, uh, you just improved the economics of running a solar renewable energy business. Super cool. So I need to start my own um, renewable energy business, get some coin mines, set them up. That's the idea. And start yeah. swimming in gold. That's right, in digital gold. Yeah, I prefer swimming in actual gold than <laughs> just storing digital gold online. <laughs> you can't really swim in digital gold. You can just have like a whole bunch of, you know, a pool full of open dimes and just like swimming around in a bunch of open dimes. Yeah, more traditional. <laughs> you like the gold. 
Nah. Um, yeah, just get a few rubies and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> jokes aside, how do you guys uh, want to get crypto mining more accessible to the average Joe? Like, the coin mine itself is one way. I mean, it's a plug and play. It's not, it doesn't require DIY, it doesn't require any skills. I must say it's the easiest device I've ever set up. Oh, wow. Thank uh, you. Both crypto related and non. Uh, literally plugged it in and that was it. Just did it one or two things on an app. Created an account, username, password, the name of the device, and I was I started mining. It was great. Amazing. Thanks. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> really well uh, done. So how do you plan them, though, on getting the Joe that doesn't know about coin mine, that doesn't know about crypto involved into mining and buying the crypto line. Yeah, you know, uh, talking to folks like you is one of the one of the tops top ways to be honest. Um, the the cool thing about the coin mine is it's a physical device, and in, in the crypto world, there's not a ton of physical devices, uh, and the ones that do exist, you know, they're usually kind of small. Uh, so this one kind of has some substance to it, so you can give it a little bit more of a you know uh, a, almost you know. A, an actual design impact in a room, uh, something you can photograph. So, you know, we're, we're lucky in that regards and, and people get to take pictures of it and share that on social media. Uh, that, that brings the average person in. Uh, I'd say over 50% of our customers are not crypto people. The coin mine is their first step into the crypto world because it, it seems like the least scary and easiest step to take for them. Uh, so uh, luckily that, that that's sort of already happening uh, and word of mouth is, you know, what it always ends up being. And, and to me, you know, uh, coming on a podcast like yours is, is a type of word of mouth. Um, you know, you heard about it somehow. You reached out to us. We came on. You're telling other people, uh, you know, having a podcast is just word of mouth. It's you talking to your listeners. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I must say that. Um... If you do want to get into uh, cryptocurrency mining, guys, um, we're not affiliated with CoinMine. We're not being sponsored by them. But it is indeed the simplest way out there and easiest way right now that exists to actually get in there. There's no doubt about it. Uh, the rest require both time, DIY skills. Personally, I don't have those. Um, but even if I did, as we everyone says, time is money. And crypto coin mine is just plug in and play right so it is the easiest option thank you whether it's profitable for you that's up to you to decide yep let's talk a bit about the app uh it's very simple as we've said are you planning on doing anything to um, increase usability for user for example you've you, is it currently supporting the lightning network or is it going to be it's going to be uh it doesn't yet so that'll be some new features coming into in, in, into the app uh, around lightning um uh, soon you'll be able to send and receive from your wallets. Uh, we have some other we have some other really cool features coming uh, as well. Services like Compound Finance. Um, we we may do uh, we're exploring doing a a no loss lottery uh, in Coinmine. Uh, what? What's that? So that that's really cool. So uh, you could, for example, and this is just one idea that we're kicking kicking around for it is uh, each week there might be a little lottery. Uh, and the the crypto that your coin mine is generating, you could you could opt to sort of every week just put my crypto into this no loss lottery, uh, and I want to take a spin at it. So what'll happen is we'll take everybody who wants to be in that week's lottery, uh, we take all their crypto, uh, we put it into Compound Finance for a week. 
it earns interest. Compound finance is a super cool, you know, decentralized finance way to earn interest on your crypto. Um, and so we put all the crypto in compound finance for a week. It earns some interest. Then one of the people wins all of the interest and everybody else gets their principal back. So you never lose your money. Nice, nice. My question is with that, you'd have to use the Lightning Network though, because otherwise you'd have to get everyone to send crypto from their device to you guys to then put it on compound finance, which would potentially cost them more to send it than the crypto they were actually mine, let's say within a week. So you could use you you could use Lightning, but the app makes all 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 of that stuff pretty simple. And yeah, you're right. It, it, the, you know, this is why this is still just an idea. We haven't sort of like figured out the, right. the details of it yet. Uh, but you could also, for example, in, invest your crypto that the, the device is making um, in into something like Compound Finance, where you just earn some interest on it. Sounds cool. Um, in terms of the Lightning Network, will you be able to use the Lightning Network? Will users have access to send crypto between them and their friends, or yeah. is it just going to be used by you guys? Okay. Yeah. In fact, in, that's cool. In the case of the Lightning node, it is a, a full standalone node, so there's no you know pool pool in that situation. Uh, you're running a a full Lightning node on the network, and a Lightning node, sort of, you know, if we want to kind of s simplify it, is the way I think about it is you're basically your your own bank. Um, the, the way a lightning node works is you, you put a little bit of principal in it. You put a little bit of capital. So you take a little bit of your Bitcoin and you put it in your lightning channel. Uh, just like if you were to start a bank, you'd need a little bit of capital to start your bank, right? Um, so you put a little bit of Bitcoin in your in your lightning channel. Then other people, including you and other people rather, can send Bitcoin through the lightning channel to other people uh as well basically instantly basically for free uh it might cost you one or two satoshis which is you know a hundredth of hundreds of a penny um and then you'll earn routing fees by helping other people route payments through the lightning network so just like banks earn fees for providing liquidity and routing to the network uh you earn fees for providing this liquidity and routing to the lightning network Nice explanation. Uh, for those that want a bit more, we'll leave a link in the description. I remember struggling with understanding how the Lightning Network works and how nodes work. And I found a really good website that really just explained it using simple bags of sweets and it just nice. literally explained how the actual process works. Yeah. So we'll leave a description to that if I can find that again. Um, so in terms of the coin mine are you guys going to go with a uh, version two in the future or will you just be providing software updates for the current version what's the plan you know uh hardware is always changing so you can anticipate you know new coin mines coming out over time as well as the software constantly being updated what would be cool is to have interchangeable parts where a user can order the next part and just connect it to the current one yep coin mine they have that's a so just throwing some ideas i appreciate the idea that's a good idea Maybe, in maybe in you'll case see you want to hire like that. me in your development team. <laughs> Are you a hardware guy? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I can throw ideas and they can tell me if it's a good idea or not. <laughs> That's fair. That's what I do. Um, so what's the ultimate plan for CoinMine? Where do you see it going in five, ten years time? What's the vision? You know, I think the world's computing needs are, are just going up and up and up and up. Uh, 
cryptos come into the world. So it's added a huge pile of additional computing needs. Obviously, you know, the, the digital world is just getting started. Uh, so I, I think in the end, the world is going to need more and more and more computing. Now, are we going to live in a world where, you know, one, two or three tech companies do 100% of all the world's computing uh, and therefore they can decide what is allowed to be computed, what is not allowed to be computed? Uh, if you take it, you know, a, a step further and talk about even more important stuff like money and currency and value, uh, as that stuff becomes more and more digital, uh, are we going to live in a world where we're only allowed to uh, transact with each other things that one, two or three tech companies that uh, decide what types of digital payments are allowed to happen um, go through? Uh, or are we going to live in a world where, uh, you know, you and I don't need a big tech company's permission to send each other money or we don't need someone's permission to send each other an email? Um, so. Uh, as crypto comes in to try and basically decentralize money, decentralize knowledge and information uh, in a lot of the ways that the printing press did, uh, or rather the Gutenberg press did, um, and, and, and make it such that there aren't just a few central stakeholders. Um, we, we want CoinMine to be part of the infrastructure that's providing the computing to, to build that world. Wow. Um, ambitious, but... I'm a vision, but I'm really excited for you guys. Thank you. Are you a Bitcoin maximalist? You know, I, would you call yourself one? I don't. I don't think I would qualify as one in the sense that if you want to take the, the strict term, where I don't, you know, disregard all other cryptocurrencies as garbage. Um, while I, I do regard, you know, probably most cryptocurrencies as garbage, uh, I don't think they all are, and I don't know if you need to think that to be a Bitcoin maximalist. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think Bitcoin is by far the, you know, high, mo most valuable uh, crypt crypto out there. Um, I don't think it's going anywhere. I, I tend to think of, uh, but I also don't think we're leaving a multi-coin world. I think uh, the multi-coin world is here to stay. Uh, whether that's going to be five coins, 50 coins, 500 coins, or 5,000 coins, uh, I don't know. Uh, but the multi-coin world is here to stay. And, um, you know, Bitcoin, I think, is, is here to stay for a very long time. If you look at Bitcoin as just digital gold and, and put it at the market cap of, you know, gold uh, and you assume something like maybe, you know, 17 or 18 million Bitcoin will ever sort of actually be in circulation. Um, Bitcoin is already there at hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, I think Bitcoin could, you know, I think digital gold could be you know, two, three or four times the size of, of regular gold. So maybe Bitcoin's market cap is 10 to 30 trillion dollars. Uh, I think that puts Bitcoin at, you know, in maybe the million to million and a half dollar range. Uh, so that's those are insane numbers. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean Bitcoin is the only coin in the world, even if it's Bitcoin's worth a million and a half dollars. I think we're only going to find out what the worth of other cryptocurrencies are when we have mass adoption and all the other cryptos aren't directly related to bitcoin because if one looks at the market on a daily weekly monthly yearly basis whenever bitcoin goes up they all go up whenever bitcoin falls they all fall basically right. like with some exceptions of course yep. i mean there's that general trend so everything seems to revolve around bitcoin so we're not really going to be able to know what the value of these other cryptos are until they're more independent less related to bitcoin and there's mass adoption so that each one can have its use 
and have its own value. Yeah, and I think you know the other thing to keep in mind is a lot of these, you know, we use the word cryptocurrency to apply to everything, but they're not all the same thing. Uh, Filecoin is not trying to be Bitcoin. Uh, Filecoin is trying to be a token-operated network where you're using the Filecoin token to participate in the Filecoin network. Now, Bitcoin is trying to be a currency. Uh, Filecoin does not think you're going to buy your coffee with Filecoin. Uh, you you might buy your coffee with Bitcoin. And in fact, you can buy your coffee with Bitcoin at lots of places already. So, uh, And you'll probably never be able to buy your coffee with Filecoin. So it, we shouldn't confuse Filecoin for the same thing as Bitcoin uh, and then judge Filecoin based on Bitcoin. Filecoin is a token operated network. Bitcoin is an actual cryptocurrency. Absolutely. That's what really gets to me when you have all these debates on, especially Twitter, with XRP guys hating on Bitcoin, Bitcoin guys hating on XRP guys, Ethereum. They all do different stuff. Like Bitcoin is a decentralized cryptocurrency. Ethereum is there to make applications. Yeah. XRP, you don't really, it doesn't have to be decentralized. That's not its purpose. It's used for by financial institutions to transfer money across the world. And then you have a trickle down effect when I want to send money to you across the world and I want to do it via financial institution, it's going to cost me less because it's costing them less. Yeah. Why? It doesn't need to be decentralized. Its purpose is not to be a cryptocurrency. It's totally different. Yeah. So the fact that everyone's comparing them and throwing so much hate out there, it just really frustrates me sometimes. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's a, it's an aggressive community to put it mildly. Uh, but, you know, I guess if, if you can't survive the, you can't take the heat. Just get out of the kitchen. I don't. I don't know. It's a little bit. It's. It, it's a little bit. It's a little bit too much. Sometimes people get personal and nasty, uh, and that I don't think that sort of thing is needed. Um, you know, you can you can have an aggressive debate without you know be, being just like a mean nasty person. Um, but I think most people are. That's just their. That's just their personality on Twitter. Like if you meet if you meet these people in person, they're usually very nice. Yeah, true. Uh, so I've already kept you for too long. Oh, no problem. Um, is it okay if we go into a quick fire Q and A? Yeah. Uh, before we go into that, is there anything else you want to tell our audience about Coinmark? Uh, I think we nailed it, and I really appreciate uh, your kind words, and you did a great job of explaining it. I, I can feel the um, job offer coming through. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So first question, totally unrelated to crypto. Who, what is your favorite sports car? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, my favorite. Everyone says it's a great question. When well, they I'm, a, I'm, a big, I'm <laughs> a big car fan, so it's, it's, a, it's, a, tough, okay. it's a tough one for me. Um, my favorite sports car, uh, you know, just because of its, you know, classic appeal, I'll, I'll, I'll say the, the Testarossa. Everyone keeps saying that. Really? I just grew up. Yeah, I grew up you're with the it. third person that's done it on a podcast with us. I'm, I'm, it's a sexy car. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, do you watch any car YouTubers, by any chance? Not lately. Okay, fair. Uh, who's your most your most inspirational figure? I guess. More, oh, most inspirational figure. That's that, that's that's a great question. Um, uh, you know, uh, I, I think Vitalik is a, is a big inspiration to me just because I, I think, you know, the, the thing that he tried to go do, um, you know, Ethereum's only five years old um, and, and people are already using it to build 
these decentralized financial tools where people are lending each other money all over the world and earning interest and things like that. Uh, and, th and that's really inspiring in terms of, uh, you know, especially when you consider how much, you know, uh, vitriol and like, you know, criticism and stuff they've received uh, over the years uh, to do, you know, do something that ambitious and keep going at it and starting to see it come to fruition. That, that's pretty inspiring to me. Nice. I, I totally agree with you. In terms of cryptocurrencies, take Bitcoin, for example, do you think we need regulation or do you think that it's not needed because they're supposed to be decentralized? I mean, and I'm talking about cryptocurrencies, the ones like Bitcoin that you use for making payments. Yeah. Or if you want don't if you don't want to look at Bitcoin because it's digital gold, another just for making you know, payments. Do we need regulation on that? It, it, it's a good question. I think the my my answer would probably be that there's probably some regulation that makes sense, um, and a lot of regulation that doesn't make sense. So, uh, and and I'm not sure I can speak to any specifics, but you know, if you because you start just getting into you know how we want to structure society, right? Um, and things like uh, ethics and, and mor morality. <laughs> right. Yeah. So in, in in those terms, I'd say you know the least amount of regulation humanly possible, I think, is the ideal. What are your hobbies? What do you do in your spare time when you're not in coin mining? Uh, I love to cook. Uh, I love to grill a lot. Grill a lot of uh, you know steaks and cook a lot of food and. Yeah, and you guys have nice steaks in America. They're like nice big portions, aren't they? Oh yeah, they they, they love their steaks here. I think I think the steaks you get here in the UK are like not even a third of the size of the ones you get over there. Just... You've got great beef though in the UK. That's true. That's true. It is very flavorable. All right, that's all I got for you. Uh, where can our audience find you? Connect with you? Speak with you? Are you in? Going to be in any conferences? Uh, what social media do you use? How can they get in touch? Great question. Uh, the uh, at Farbood is my Twitter. I think my DMs are open. Uh, F A R B O O D is my name. Uh, is Twitter uh, and then uh, Coinmine uh, on Twitter as well and Coinmine.com. And I don't do a ton of conferences. Mostly heads down working. I work trying to make people's coin mines better. <laughs> and uh, but. Nice, I'll, nice. I'll be at, uh, at some occasionally here and there. Went to the Bitcoin conference, that was great. Went to Blockchain Week, that was great. Nice. Uh, well, we'll leave all your handles in the description of the podcast. Thank Thanks for coming on to the show, we really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me.